song for you. When we see you, when we find strength facing days. In your presence, all our fears are washed away. Washed away. Oh, Welcome you. 
great and mighty is the Lord our God. We welcome you tonight to our service. We're so glad that you've, uh, you've joined us this evening. This is our third service of the day, but we have experienced the presence of God throughout this day. So we thank you for coming. We certainly want to welcome those that are watching our service live stream this evening, and we trust that as you worship in your home with us, listen to the preaching of the gospel, encourage you this evening. Just a couple of announcements for our congregation. Uh, first announcement is from 9 to 12 tomorrow morning, from 9 a.m. to 12 noon. A registration is reserved for those who have not attended either service in the last two Sundays, one of our six services. So 9 to 12 tomorrow will be reserved for those that have not been able to attend either service yet. Then beginning at 1 p.m. from 1 to 4, what we're asking, if you've been here twice, if you'd be so kind just to wait from 1 to 4 so that those that have only been here once can register again. And then at 4 p.m. it will be open registration, first come, first serve. First serve. Now, we're blessed in Deer Lake. We were told that we would have a slow return to church according to Canadian statistics. Well, we're just overwhelmed with the numbers that are wanting to return to church and we thank God for that. As well, let's be continuing to pray for those in leadership and let's pray that further restrictions are going to be lifted. We will be able to gather together in a larger body as a church family. And how many of you will pray with us? Lift your hand. God bless you. We thank you for those of you that have continued to support the Deer Lake Assembly and its pastoral staff and ministries during this with your tithes and your offerings. And the offering container is available as you come into the sanctuary and leave. As well as Morgan Gillingham uh, will be leaving later this week for uh, Boston. will be gone four to six weeks. He was with us this afternoon in the afternoon service. And if you have not given to help him with his travel, uh, please drop by the office or let us know so we want to help them the best way that we can. As well, Dr. Fitzgerald has said that when we sing, we have to wear our face mask. Just keep that in mind. And uh, we are trying to do our best to follow all these regulations. Well, we're glad to be in the house of the Lord. And we're going to stand. Pastor Jared is going to lead us. And let us just have a spirit of praise this evening in our hearts. Oh, will your anchor hold in the storms of life? Yeah. 
in this place tonight. We thank you, Lord. We give you all the praise and all the glory. For, Lord, you have been faithful to us. Lord, you have been good to us. Even in the worst of circumstances that we may have found ourselves in, God, you have still been good. And we worship you tonight, Jesus. We give you all the praise and all the glory. And even at this moment, we push aside everything that may try to distract us and take our attention away from you. We need to choose right now to put the attention of our heart solely upon you right now. For you and you alone are worthy of all of our praise and all the glory. We worship you, Lord. We worship you. Oh, great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. You never change. You never fail, oh God. Oh, great is your faithful. 
lift our hands as we sing that. Holy is the Lord, and mighty is his name. King of heaven, yet down to earth he came. Angels sing his praise. Nothing compares to this. What? 
believe that the name of Jesus has power today. Lift your hands all across this place if you still believe that. That there's power in the name of Jesus. There will always be power in the name of Jesus. Because his name is still alive today. And because his name is still alive, because he is still alive, there is still power in that wonderful name. His name lives on and shall live on forever. While kings and kingdoms shall all pass away. He is the Oh. 
do you believe that this evening? His name lives on and shall live on forever. While kings and kingdoms shall Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. At this time, Pastor Grant is going to come and lead us in a time of prayer. We're going to pray. We're going to believe. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you today, Lord for your goodness and your grace and your mercy, Lord. We thank you for your power today, Lord. You have power to heal, transform, and do miracles and exciting and wonderful things. And we thank you for that tonight, Lord. We pray, Lord, for these people that are gathered here. We pray, Lord, that you would minister to them right now, God. Lord, they have a need in their life, God. Lord, they need a touch upon their body, Lord. They need, God, you to minister in their family, Lord. They need you to save their loved ones, Lord. We just pray right now in the name of Jesus, God, that you would do exactly what is needed in the lives of the men and women that are here, those that are listening live, Lord, on our online page, God. We pray, Lord, if they have a need tonight, Lord, that you would meet that need. We thank you, dear Lord, that we are able to come to you with everything, Lord. Everything, Lord. We can lift it up to you, Lord, for you, O oh God. Just take everything, Lord, and Lord, you are not burdened by it. And we just thank you for that tonight. Pray, Lord, for the rest of the service, Lord. May you, O God, receive glory, honor, and praise in your name. Amen. We cannot have children's church as we normally do on Sundays, but we do want to highlight our children this evening. So um, last Sunday we talked about I don't know, some of you boys and girls might remember, we talked about a man named Noah. Remember that? We talked about Noah? Okay, well, tonight we're going to talk about 
a man named Jonah in the Bible. We have a little three-minute video. We want, we got several children here, so we want you all to watch the screen, and we're going to learn about a man named Jonah. Heroes of the Bible, Jonah. This is Jonah. Uh -huh. Jonah was a prophet. That means it was his job to tell people what God told him to say. Yep. One day, God told Jonah to go to Nineveh because the people of Nineveh were doing bad things. Uh... But instead, Jonah ran away. And went to the port to board a ship going the other way. He was hoping to get away from God. He sailed for a place called Tarshish. While he was at sea, God sent a great and powerful over the sea that caused a storm that seemed like it would break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the sailors tried everything they could think of to save the ship. Meanwhile, Jonah was sound asleep. So the captain went down and said, how can you sleep at a time like this? Get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will help us. Then the crew figured out that Jonah was the reason for the storm. And they asked him, who are you? Why is this happening to us? Jonah told them who he was and that he worshiped the one true God who made the sea. Then he told the sailors to throw him in the sea so the storm would stop. No, why? The sailors still tried to escape the storm, but it was no use. Uh... So they asked God for forgiveness and threw Jonah into the sea. The storm stopped at once. Oh! The sailors were amazed at God's power and they vowed to serve him. Now God sent a great fish to swallow Jonah. Uh, great and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and nights. Jonah prayed to God from inside the fish and God ordered the fish to spit Jonah out. God told Jonah again to go to the city of Nineveh to tell them what God had said about them. I get it, I get it. This time, Jonah obeyed God and went to Nineveh to deliver God's message. <coughs> the people of Nineveh stopped doing bad things and turned to God. They were saved because they listened to the message that God had given Jonah. That is the story of a man named Jonah. If you come next Sunday, we're going to learn another Heroes. story. When I was a little girl, we used to sing a little song in Sunday school. How many of you sang it? Did you sing it in Deer Lake? I don't want to be a Jonah. Some of you are nodding. I'm going to sing it so the children can get the words. I don't want to be a Jonah and be swallowed by a whale. Down to Nineveh I must go if my Savior tells me so. 
and I'll shout aloud, ye must be born again. And that's the story of Jonah. Now we have, and Pastor Grant is going to come and help me, we have a package for all the boys and girls. Um, we've given them out all day. It's some coloring sheets and puzzle sheets about Jonah. We also have a pack of goldfish crackers because Jonah was swallowed by a big fish, right? We have some coloring pencils there. We don't want them back, so you can use them. So we're going we're gonna to see. I've got to get my mask on. Logan. How you doing, Logan? You good? Right. And I'm sure I saw Matt Terry down there, Pastor Grant. He's right down there. There we are. We're so thankful that you boys and girls come to church. We want you to come every Sunday. Oh, we got Laura and Isaac up here. Excellent. And we got some more in the front. How are you guys? Good? Did we miss anyone? All right. Thank you for bringing your children to church, and uh, we look forward to seeing them again next Sunday. Lord, as Pastor Andrew prepares now to come with the word, let's sing one more song together. Jesus Messiah, the name of
good? Okay. If someone had told me when I was 18 years old that I would be a preacher, I would have laughed at them. If someone had told me I would preach three times on the same Sunday, I probably would have cracked up. <laughs> but here we are again this evening, and uh, how good it is to be able to to sit around God's Word, and we just want to thank you all for joining us tonight. Thank you for those that are tuning in by way of live stream, and uh, we trust this evening that you too will look into the Word of God with us. I told the people earlier as well, I have a battery pack on this side that's connecting my in-ears. In I have a battery pack on this side that's connecting my microphone. So uh, I do have a lot of wires going on. Uh, then I had to get my mask, and I had to get my gloves, and I had to get my glasses. So I feel a little bit high maintenance here this evening. But nonetheless, God is always good. Amen? Amen. All right, we're going to take our Bibles, and we're going to turn to the book of Daniel. The book of Daniel, how we thank God for his word tonight. And if some of you have your Bibles, you can follow with me. I realized in the past six months that my eyesight has progressed in the negative. And uh, yeah, I'm saying that on live stream for some of my friends that make fun of me to hear. <laughs> but uh, some of you know what I'm talking about. I can't go very far now without these reading glasses, as much as we hate to admit that, right? Daniel chapter 3. We're going to begin to read at the first, first verse. And it reads, King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 90 feet high and 9 feet wide and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials to come to the dedication of the image he had set up. The herald loudly proclaimed, This is what you're commanded to do, O peoples, nations, and men of every language. As soon as you hear the sound of the music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that the king has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the music, all the people, nations, and men of every language fell down and worshiped the image of gold the king had set up. At this time, some astrologers came forward and said to the king, O king, live forever. You have issued a decree, O king, that everyone who hears the music should fall down and worship the image of gold. Whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews who you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon who are paying no attention to you, O king. They do not serve your gods. They do not worship the image of gold you have set up. Furious with rage, the king summons Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men were brought before the king, and the king said to them, Is this true, that you are not serving my gods or worshipping the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, then very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what god will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O king, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. 
But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Nebuchadnezzar was furious, and his attitude towards the three men changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie them up and to throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men, wearing their clothes, were bound and thrown into the furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace was so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, O king. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, servants of the most high God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. They all crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Heavenly Father, we thank you this evening for your precious word. We thank you, Father, because we have the privilege to come and to sit and to listen to your word. Now I pray, Father, for your servant who again stands behind this pulpit in much weakness. I pray for your strength, O God, and I pray that the words that I speak will be lodged into the hearts of those that listen. And I pray once again we will be challenged in our faith to completely trust in an unfailing God. We commit this time to you. And again, my Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Tonight we've read a very familiar account of Scripture. Three young men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, knew what it meant to go through a trial and have to completely depend upon God. I grew up in the church since I was a little girl. And there's some songs that we sing sometimes, and I have to really think about the words that we're singing. Songs like, I'm going through, Jesus. I'm going through. I'll pay the price, whatever others do. I'll take my stand with the Lord's chosen few. I've started out with Jesus. I'm going through. I would like to think that I would take my stand with the Lord's chosen few. But let's think about it, folks. Here's a fiery furnace. Here's little me, little you, those three Hebrew children. I wonder sometimes if we would be able to actually do what they did. I would hope to think so. We often sing, though no one joins me, still I will follow. You see, going through for those Hebrew children meant facing a literal fiery furnace. However, again in our story tonight, we see the providence of God. A God who is greater than a fire, a God who is bigger than a king, and a God who will take us through if only we trust in him. Let's look at a little bit of history. 
exactly who were these three men. Daniel chapter 1 and verse 4 tells us they were young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. You see, they were young and handsome. They had a good education under their belt. They were away from parental care. They were holding prestigious positions in the government, and they were on their way up the corporate ladder. Firstly, tonight, we see their decision or their dilemma. These three men were faced with a decision to make and a dilemma to solve. Verse 15 reads, the king says, now when you hear the sound of all the music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good, case closed. We'll all move on, you'll worship the image, life will be great. But then he goes on to say, but if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? So let's picture it tonight. The king had an image of himself made that was 90 feet high and 9 feet wide. Now this wasn't something he could put in his pocket and haul out and put back in again. This was a huge image or a huge statue. He goes and he tells them, when the music starts to play, I want you to bow down and worship the image that I have made. We must note here that the king did not tell them to stop worshiping their God. However, he just wanted them to include his image in their worshiping. The Hebrew children, you see, could have bowed to the image, went on their way, and bowed to their God as well. They could have rationalized and said, ah, this is just a pile of rock, a pile of metal. It isn't a real God. So we'll do what the king wants and go on our way. They could have compromised and said, we'll still serve our God. We'll just appease the king, bow to him as well. We will do this today, but tomorrow we'll serve God forever and everything will be okay. They could have theatricalized and said, we'll bow our knees, but we won't bow our hearts. But no, didn't happen like that. These children were grounded in their faith and knew well the words of Matthew 6, 24, no man can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. They were not content to serve their God and another God. They would serve their God only. I'm here to tell you this evening. I don't have to tell you this because you already know it. The world is in a mess. The world is in a mess. We are facing times in our world now that if someone had told us even a year ago where we would be, we would have said, ah, not going to happen, not going to happen. We are here where we are. But I am here tonight to declare to a world full of idols, a world full of false promises, a world full of empty answers, that I worship only at the feet of Jesus. Amen? His cup alone, my holy grail. There are no other gods before me. Just Jesus only will never fail. 
And that is what the Hebrew children were facing in their lives. No other gods, just Jesus only. No other gods, absolutely none. Some years ago, we were pastoring in a community. I visited the local Dollarama. As I was approaching the exit, a lady unknown to me came and pushed a clipboard at me and simply said, sign this. Well now, I don't know about all of you, but I'm a little more keen than that, and I don't just put my signature on anything. So I said to her, what would this be that you're asking me to sign? She proceeded to tell me how she lived in a little town quite a distance from where I was currently living, a place that I was very unfamiliar with and I had actually only visited once before. Apparently they were having some troubles with their local school and with the town council and they were rallying support. I proceeded to tell her that, I'm sorry ma'am, but I'm not from your town. I don't have a clue about, I didn't even know you had a school. I don't know anything about your town council and, and I don't know what you're talking about. She looked at me and said, doesn't matter. Don't care what you know. Don't care what you don't know. I just want you to sign this because we're trying to get signatures. We're in a protest. We're trying to win. And, and we just need signatures so we don't really care what you know or who signs it. I proceeded to tell her that, but ma'am, I'm not from your town. She didn't care. Well, needless to say, when I told her, I'm sorry, but I really in all good honesty, can't sign your petition because I really don't know anything about the situation. She was not impressed with me at all. But I could not in all good conscience sign that petition because I knew that my signature would not be an honest vote in that matter. So here were these three boys. They knew what they had been taught. They knew what they believed. And to bow to this image will go against their moral principles and beliefs. You see, the conscience kicks in. And they knew this is just not right. We cannot do this. This is not what we've been taught. And we cannot, in all good conscience, bow to this image. In society today, church, we're daily faced with decisions. We decide where to go, who to go with, what to do, how to do it. So many are faced with propositions and are making decisions in life that are contrary to the Word of God. But I want to remind you this evening that if there was ever a day when our lives need to be governed by the ungrafted, eternal Word of God, it is today, amen? Because the Bible is the only way, folks. It is the only way. It will stand forever. And I am so thankful for pastors and mentors in my childhood and teenage years that taught me the importance of the Word of God. It taught me that this book holds the answer for every situation that I would face. It taught me that this Bible is the only, only way. And tonight, every decision that we make needs to be by this book and how we thank God for it. The Hebrew children knew that when they heard the king's request, something checked within them. They knew this is simply not right. Hence, we see their decision or their dilemma. Secondly, this evening, we see their determination. These three children were definitely determined 
in their faith. They knew that God would be faithful to them. How many of you have proven a faithful God in this house this evening? We have proven God. We've been there. We've done that. We know that God can deliver. But if he doesn't, we still know that God is good, amen? We still know that. We still stand on his word. Nothing, my friend, ever changes the goodness of God in our lives. Absolutely nothing. Let's look at Daniel 3. The king has the golden image made. He gathers everyone together for the dedication. This is a big deal. This is a huge image. This dedication is a big deal. And the command goes out that when the people hear the music playing, they're to bow down and worship the image. Anyone who doesn't, you're going to be thrown into a fiery furnace. So the music plays. Everyone bows down and worships the image. But, but, a few guys, you see, come to the king. And they tell the king in verse 12, you know, king, uh, there's some Jews over there. You've appointed them over the affairs of the province. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you're wondering what their names are. These men, O king, they're paying no attention to you. They will not serve your gods or worship the image you've set up. What does the Bible say? The king was infuriated. So he has the three Hebrew children brought to him. And he asks them in verse 14, is this true? Is this true that you're not serving my gods or worshiping the image? So I'm going to give you another chance. When you hear the music, you're going to fall down and worship the image that I have made, and very good. Case closed. But if you don't worship, you will immediately be cast into a burning, fiery furnace. Now, we need to truly understand what's being said here, because this is pretty intense. The king is going to throw them into the fiery furnace if they do not bow down and worship his golden image. Cut and dry. No other alternative. But what's their response to him? It doesn't matter what he does. God is able to deliver us, and even if he does not, we still will not bow because nothing will change the conviction in our hearts that God is real. Amen? Nothing will change that. You see, God was obviously a priority in the Hebrew children's family life and in their upbringing. Just to give you a little bit of background very quickly, Shadrach was given the name Hananiah, which means God is gracious. Meshach was given the name Michelle, which means who, who is what God is. Abednego was given the name Azariah, which means whom God helps. And you see, in Bible times, the child's name was very important, and the meaning of the name was always considered to be very significant. This tells us something about their parental influence. Although they had gone and left home, we are led to think that the teaching of their parents did not leave them. Their righteous upbringing caused them to be totally, 100% sold out to God. And in Daniel 3.16, they answered the king and said, O king, we are not careful. One translation says, we are not worried to answer you in this matter. The NIV says, we don't need to defend ourselves before you, king. We simply do not need 
to defend ourselves. You see, they thought more about their God than they, they, than they did their jobs or even their lives. Their determination to please God overrode the fear of the king. It's interesting to note we see unity demonstrated here. I see nowhere in my Bible where one of the children said, mm, I don't know about this. You two go ahead. If it all works out, I'll see you after. I don't see that anywhere. We see the three standing determined together. You see, they were determined that nothing was going to come between them and their God. The children were willing to suffer the consequences even if God did not see fit to deliver them. Thirdly, this evening, we see the discipline. The Bible tells us that the three men refused to bow to the king. In Daniel 2, 20, 21, we are told what happened to them as a result of their commitment to God. We've already read it. He commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind them, to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Folks, fire is real. It hurts. It burns. Verse 22 tells us the fire was so hot that it killed the soldiers. Just think about that. This was their discipline for following their God. Let's move quickly to the climax of the story. Fourthly tonight, I said all of that to say this. Fourthly, we see deliverance. Deliverance. Let's picture it. Here is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego cast into a fiery furnace, seven times hotter than normal, simply because they would not compromise their relationship with God. In my mind's eye, I can picture it. The king folds his arms. He says, hmm, I'll give them what they deserve. I will give them exactly what they deserve. He feels as if he has won and given those children exactly what they had coming to them. Then we read on. He looks into the fire, and he asks a troubling question. Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? He then goes on to say, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. You see, I can almost hear those children echoing the words of the song as they walk through the fire that day, my God delivers again, amen? Oh, my God delivers again when it seems that all is lost. He reaches down his hand. I believe this evening, church, that the very moment these soldiers opened the door to the fiery furnace and threw those children in, the moment they entered the furnace, the fourth man had gone ahead to protect them. Aren't you thankful this evening for the fourth man that walks into our situations when they seem hopeless? Aren't you thankful tonight for the fourth man that walks in when the doctor's report is negative and we don't know where else to turn, but we stand in the power of an unchanging God, an unchanging gospel who declares, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. This is the God that we serve tonight. I am so thankful for the fourth man who walks with us when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I am thankful for the comforter who comes alongside, and I'm thankful for the peace of God. We thank him tonight.
I love to tell the story of one night how a house caught on fire and a young boy was forced to flee to the roof. The father stood on the ground below with outstretched arms calling to his son, jump and I will catch you. He knew the boy had to jump to save his life. All the boy could see was flame, smoke, and blackness. As can be imagined, he was afraid to leave the roof. His father kept yelling to him, jump, my son, jump, I will catch you, I will catch you. But the boy protested, Daddy, I can't see you. The father replied, but I can see you, and that's all that matters. I'm here to tell you this evening that you might be in a trial. You may be watching by live stream, and all you can see in your life is flame, smoke, and blackness. Maybe you do not know about tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen. You've been through the fire, and you don't know what to do. I am here to remind you this evening that God knows where you are. And while you may not see him, he sees you, my friend. He sees you. And tonight he walks in the fire with you as the fourth man, the son of the living God. He sees you, church, and he knows where you are. What's your fiery furnace trial tonight? You see, we've all been there. We've all been there when the reports have been bleak, when the answers aren't to be found, when we've exhausted all of our resources and we put our hands up in despair. I do not know what to do. I cannot fix this. We've all been there. But I am thankful this evening that Jesus is my friend and he walks with us. He walks with you tonight. God will never forsake his own when they go through the fiery trial. You know what? He may not keep us out of the furnace, but he will go with us and he will bring us through for his glory. The prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 43 and 2, But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. Through the rivers, they will not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. If you've proven the power of the fourth man, can we lift our hands in this house this evening and give him thanks? Jesus, we thank you for your power. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. When the king looked into the furnace, he saw four men, and one of them was Jesus. Christ walked with them. He loosed their bonds. He kept them from being harmed. In fact, my Bible says they did not even smell of the fire when they came out. That, my friend, is the power of God. That's the power of God. And we claim it over every situation this evening in the name of Jesus. In conclusion tonight, these three Hebrew children knew what it meant to face hardships. They knew what it meant to trust God. 
They held to their teachings, and God honored them for their faithfulness. One writer said, if the flames of life are overwhelming, take heart. The supernatural occurrence of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is a miracle tonight for you as well. Be completely persuaded. Trust the process so that when the pressure builds, just like it did in the furnace for the three men, you will end up getting protection and eventually promoted. Do not surrender. Your miracle is in the fire, and his name is Jesus. Your miracle tonight is in the fire, and his name is Jesus. I've been in the fire, as all of you have been as well. But I know the power of God in the fire, amen? I've proven God. I know him. If he chooses not to save us, we will still not bow to you, king, because God is always good. God is always good. Oral Roberts, the great evangelistic crusade preacher, describes the fourth man in one of his sermons. As I recall his words tonight, many of these will resonate with each one of us. As we have proven God to be who he said he is in our individual lives, He asked the question, who is this fourth man? I said earlier in the sermon, I'm thankful for men and women, pastors, mentors, who, when I was a little girl and teenager, taught me the importance of the Word of God. Because we all know the Bible is very important. Very important. It's the only way. And I recall as a child, Someone took the time, some Sunday school teacher, it may have been a day school teacher, I'm not completely sure who, but someone took the time to teach me all the books of the Bible by memory and order. Anybody can recite all the books of the Bible? Yeah, you know the little song? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Someone took the time as a, a child to teach me that, and I'm so thankful. Sometimes when I stand here and someone gives out a a little tiny book in the Bible and I want to find it, I find myself reciting all of them in order so that I can find it. The Bible is so important in our lives. It's the only true way. And Oral Roberts asked the question, who is the fourth man? He says, and some of these are going to resonate with you folk here right now, open up your heart. Some of these are going to become real in your life. In Genesis he is the seed of the woman. In Exodus, he is the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he is our high priest. In Numbers, he is the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. In Deuteronomy, he is the prophet like unto Moses. In Joshua, he is the captain of our salvation. In Judges, he is our judge and lawgiver. In Ruth, he is our kinsman redeemer. In 1st and 2nd Samuel, he is our trusted prophet. In Kings and Chronicles, he is our reigning king. In Ezra, he is our faithful scribe. In the Nehemiah, he is the rebuilder of the broken down walls of human life. In Esther, he is our Mordecai. In Job, 
He is our ever-living Redeemer. When Job said, for I know that my Redeemer liveth. In Psalms this evening, He is our shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. How many of you have stood on that comforting psalm in your time of mourning, in your time of weeping, in your time of despair, when you did not know where to turn? The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. In Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, He is our wisdom. In the Song of Solomon, He is our lover and bridegroom. In Isaiah, He is the Prince of Peace. Aren't you thankful tonight for Jesus, the Prince of Peace? In Jeremiah, He is the Righteous Branch. In Lamentations, He is our Weeping Prophet. In Ezekiel, He is the Wonderful, Four-Faced Man. In Daniel, He is the Fourth Man. In Life's Fiery Furnaces, Who is the Fourth Man? Let's keep going. In Hosea, He is the Faithful Husband forever married to the backslider. In Joel, he is the baptizer with the Holy Ghost and fire. In Amos, he is our burden bearer. In Obadiah, he is mighty to save. In Jonah, he is our great foreign missionary. In Micah, he is the messenger of beautiful feet. In Nahum, he is the avenger of God's elect. In Habakkuk, he is God's evangelist crying, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In Zephaniah, he's our savior. In Haggai, he is the restorer of God's lost heritage. In Zechariah, he is the fountain opened in the house of David for sin and uncleanness. In Malachi, all tonight claim your miracle. He is the son of righteousness, rising with healing in his wings. Who is the fourth man? In Matthew, he's the Messiah. In Mark, he is the wonder worker. In Luke, he is the Son of Man. In John, he is the Son of God. In Acts, he is the Holy Ghost. In Romans, he is our justifier. And in First and Second Corinthians, oh, he's our sanctifier, church. In Galatians tonight, he is the Redeemer from the curse of the law. In Ephesians, he is the Christ of unsearchable riches. In Philippians, he is the God who supplies all of our needs. In Colossians, he is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In First and Second Thessalonians, oh church, he's our soon coming king. In First and Second Timothy, he is our mediator between God and man. In Titus, he's our faithful pastor. In Philemon, he's the friend that sticketh closer any brother, aren't you glad tonight that while other friends may fail, my Jesus is a friend that never fails and sticks closer than any brother who's the fourth man this evening. In Hebrews, he is the blood of the everlasting covenant. In James, he is our great physician, for the prayer of faith shall save the sick. In First and Second Peter, he is our chief shepherd who soon shall appear with a crown of unfading glory. In 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, we read that he is love. In Jude, he is the Lord, coming with ten thousands of his saints. And in Revelation tonight, he is the King of kings, and he is the Lord of lords. Can we praise him in the house this evening? Well, I'm glad I know who Jesus is. Tonight, who's the fourth man? He's a father to the orphan. He's a husband to the widow, to the traveler in the night. He is the bright and morning star. 
to those who walk in the lonesome valley. My God is the lily of the valley, the rose of Sharon and honey in the rock. He's the brightness of God's glory, the express image of his person, the king of glory, the pearl of great price, the rock in a weary land, the cup that runneth over, the rod and staff that comforts, and the government of our lives is up on his shoulders. When Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 9 and 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be up on his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Is it any wonder this evening, church, we sing, I'm glad I know who Jesus is. If you're glad you know who Jesus is tonight, can we bring our hands together in honor of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I don't know about you this evening, but I'm glad I know who Jesus is. And tonight I stand in the face of the enemy and I declare that when I walk through the fire, there is a fourth man that comes and his name is Jesus and I will not be burned. The flame will not kindle upon me because my God is real, amen. He's real. And in this last and closing days of time, if there was ever a day that we needed to know the real and true living God, it is today and how we thank him for that. He's Jesus of Nazareth. I got this bottle of water spilled all over the place up there. He's Jesus of Nazareth. He's the son of the living God, my savior, my companion, my Lord, and my king. In closing this evening, Psalm chapter 72 and 8 says he will have dominion from sea to sea. He will have sovereignty or control. I'm here to remind you tonight, the world may be facing a fire. We don't know where it's all going. We don't know where it's all going to end. But there is a fourth man, and his name is Jesus. That will never change. That will never change change that will never change because my god is firm steadfast and he never changes let's stand in the house as we sing he's the great god jehovah he's the great god jehovah so greatly to oh, be praised he's the god that'll take us over Oh
online this evening and maybe you're here in this building and you don't have a relationship with the fourth man that we've heard about and you say but pastor what do I do to have a relationship with the fourth man that we heard about in this message well the scripture is clear congregation would you close your eyes and pray at this moment if you're in this sanctuary and you want to give your life to the Lord are you watching it today by live stream? I want you to repeat after me and ask Christ into your life. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, be merciful to me, a sinner. I acknowledge you as Lord and Savior and that you have been risen from the dead. I accept you now in Jesus' name. If you've done that in this service or you've done it while listening online, we had new converts here this morning. We had new converts here this afternoon that have recently come to Christ and we thank God that he's still bringing in people into the kingdom of God. If you've done that in this service or you've done it online, please let us know, will you? We're believing that God is going to save our entire families. We're believing it. We're going to sing this chorus another time or two and then we're going to go offline. But we want to thank you for watching. We're going to sing it a time or two. And we trust next Sunday you'll join us again. Let's sing it together as we go offline this evening. Oh, he's the great God, Jehovah, so greatly to be praised. He's the God that'll take us over every mountain's in his race. Out of all the gods we worship, there's a difference you can tell.
bring our hands together. Hallelujah. 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 I guess young men, we're offline now, are we? Amen. Praise God.